This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It is Friday, July 29th, and the trade deadline rapidly approaching. We're talking Reds baseball today with Reds reporter Mark Sheldon. And Mark, again, obviously, this is the last time we will discuss all things Reds uh, before the trade deadline. And we'll see uh, how much differently this team looks uh, today as we speak on a Friday as opposed to after the August 1st trade li- uh, trade deadline comes and goes. So, Mark, I guess let's start with uh, you know some guys or a guy that uh, is the most likely to be dealt perhaps I would think that would be uh, Jay Bruce right now because you know the Reds have been playing pretty well uh five wins in their last seven games they just took two out of three from the Giants in San Francisco but I think that uh you know Jay Bruce has kind of stolen the spotlight from uh, what the team has done because he's been so outstanding individually he is really as hot as hot can be he's tied the franchise record with uh home runs in five straight games he's got six homers in those five straight but Again, you hear some rumors about, you know, where he could end up, who might be interested. And I in, in talking to you in previous weeks, it seemed like, you know, he was kind of a slam dunk to be dealt as soon as a couple of weeks ago. But now, maybe not the case, even though he's swinging the bat better now than he has at any point earlier this season, which seems a little odd. What are you hearing about Jay Bruce right now? Yeah, I mean, there's been rumors that uh, like ESPN had a rumor that, that – you know, trade talks were heating up for Bruce. And then I just, I talked to Walt Jockety on Wednesday, and he said quite the contrary, that he was kind of surprised that there hadn't been more aggressive offers or even more aggressive uh, escalation of talks. He said no one's really gotten serious yet. So uh, it's been kind of quiet in that sense with, with Bruce. I have no doubt they're probably talking to some clubs, but they're also not going to give him away. His value has gone sky high since uh, the start of spring training when he almost got traded to Toronto. They, uh, the deal got red flagged by a medical of some other player that was coming back, and they held on to him. And that, you know, at the time he was coming off two bad years, and now he's you know on his pace to a, the best season of his career. So uh, they're not going to give him away, and, and they do have some options because of the fact that if they don't trade him, they could hang on to him, decide whether or not to pick up his club option for next season at $13 million, and then they could go through all this again for the third straight year, quite frankly, which I'm sure is taxing on him, and he's probably had it. But uh, and he also wants to be on a team that wins. But of course, he also wants to play for the Reds, and the Reds are playing better with him. So it's it's a definitely a tough situation all around. Yeah, it really is, and I find it strange that uh, you know there has not been more of a market for Jay Bruce because I'm picturing Walt Jockety, you know, watching these games from his you know the owner's box or the suite, whatever it is, and with every home run that leaves the park for five straight games, he's got to be thinking, you know, my God, I could not have timed this better because he's the hottest hitter in baseball right now. He's a guy that's, you know, is a potential candidate to be dealt, and he's, he's just killing everything uh, within arm's reach at the plate, and there's not a lot of interest right now. So the big question is why. Is it, uh, is it because of the two down years uh, preceding 2016? Is it age, perhaps? Is, is there some injury issue I'm not aware of? What do you think it is? 
Well, it's definitely not his age. He's only 29. He's been around for a long time, but he started young and he's still in his prime years. I really don't know, especially since uh, these last three games, he was macking home runs at a place that's not known for home runs at AT&T Park. And the Giants do happen to have a need for a guy like Jay Bruce. So I think he showed them that he, his power translates outside of Cincinnati into, into a bigger, spacious ballpark. So uh, I, I think part of it's just because the market has really shifted more to pitching. It's been a starting pitching-starved market. Uh, teams are obviously looking at guys like, like Sale and Archer and perhaps DiSquafani. Uh, it, it's just a... That's where the, that's where it's at right now, and I think there's just less of a need, and there's a fewer teams that need what Jay Bruce provides. I mean, there's San Francisco, there's Los Angeles Dodgers, there's uh, the Orioles, maybe the Blue Jays and Indians, but there's just not as many teams that are, are in need for what he provides. Yeah, good point about the market. It definitely is a a pitcher's market this year, perhaps as opposed to last year when the big get or one of the big gets was Yohannes Cespedes to the Mets, and we see how that transformed that team, but. Uh, Maybe this is not the year for hitters to, to change teams. You know, maybe that's it's just one of those strange years for that. But we'll see uh, what becomes of Jay Bruce. And, Mark, interesting, you mentioned that in uh, reeling off the pitchers that could uh, change uniforms in the next week. You know, Sale, obviously, Chris Archer. You mentioned Di Sclafani, too, who has appeal definitely as a young, controllable piece and obviously, you know, oozing talent. But I got to think the Reds would not even consider dealing this guy, would they? Or what, what do you think? I don't think they're going to move him. I think both talking to the GM, Dick Williams, and Walt Jockety, uh, president of baseball ops, neither one of them are looking to trade him. They're not actively shopping him. I think as, as, they, uh, as they should do, they would be willing to listen to any offer, but I don't think anyone's offers, from what I can gather, have even touched the, the, you know, the area code of what it would take them to get him out of the Reds. Uh, He's exactly the kind of pitcher they need to have around. He's a controller for four more years after this year. He eats up innings. He's young. He could be around when the rebuild is, you know, turned the corner and possibly gotten him back into contention. I mean, those are all the reasons the other clubs want him. Is all the reasons the Reds need to keep him. So I, I'm not expecting him to move, but I certainly think that uh, they would definitely listen. And if they get blown away, maybe they would do it, but I, I wouldn't expect it. Yeah, I wouldn't hold my breath on, on that one either. He's a guy, as you pointed out, that's a guy that you build a rebuild around, uh, you know, himself and guys like uh, Brandon Finnegan. And it's interesting, Mark, when we talked last week, we were giving out those uh, first-half team awards, and I think you gave a slight nod to uh, Finnegan over Di Sclafani because he simply uh, had more starts. Uh, Di Sclafani, uh, you know, coming back, he's only had seven, eight starts thus far. But, you know, in discussing those two, Lo and behold, you know, coming up, uh, coming up the rear, trying to catch these guys. Dan Straley, he's really uh, been something over these last uh, f- uh, couple starts, and in July in particular. But in his last three outings, a one-three-one ERA. Uh, he was terrific against the Giants in San Francisco, outdueled no less than Madison Bumgarner. And you know, by by Straley's own admission, he does not have, nor has he ever had, dominant stuff. So, how has he been getting the job done lately? Well, for a couple of ways. Uh... First of all, he's been the you know maybe just a hair behind Adam Duvall as the surprise of the year, but I think it's just he, he throws 88 to 90, but he's got a good slider and he can. As Brian Price had mentioned the other day, that he has really good deception. He's just one of those guys that he, he just the ball doesn't they don't see it right away coming out of his hand. It, it, like he can change speeds pretty well, even though he doesn't have power stuff, and, and it just it just seems to work. Hitters are not comfortable necessarily against him, and the other big thing is that. When he is on, like he did against uh, the Giants and uh, going opposite Bumgarner, is that he's efficient. 
he was, uh, I think, 13 of his 23 outs came with three pitchers or less. He had, uh, you know, like four 11 pitch innings and, you know, one eight pitch inning was in there. I, he just he just moves quickly, and I think it's a good sign when you have a pitcher. And, and what the other young Reds pitcher should really look at is you have a guy that's going into the seventh inning with 69 pitches. That's that's really strong, and I think they need to, they need to have more of that because that's what's kind of helping the bullpen right now is having starting pitchers be efficient working into the later innings, uh, that, that helps him. When Brandon Finnegan's leaving a game with 98 pitches in five innings, that's not helping him. So, that, so what Straley's doing right now is exactly what they need. He's really kind of helped uh, stabilize the rotation to some degree, and he's been obviously, a, as a waiver claim, he's been one of the finds of the year. Agree with that completely, and, and like you said, uh, to give the bullpen that big assist, and we've seen how much guys like uh, Rysel Iglesias and Michael Lorenzen have thrived in that bullpen role and to get the assist from a guy like uh, Dan Straley going at least six, seven innings every fifth day, uh, that certainly helps. I, I know that, you know, when you look at starting pitchers uh, during the course of a typical regular season, there's so many peaks and valleys, even for some of the established stars in baseball. But in looking at Dan Straley, I, I was kind of, uh, I found it rather remarkable that this guy doesn't have a lot of peaks and valleys or ebbs and flows. He, he's been so consistent you know, pretty much all year, the ERA's been, I think, in like the the mid threes, maybe the high threes at some point. But with this recent stint, I believe it's creeping lower, uh, maybe between three and three and a half. But is he one of those guys that, you know, maybe some other guys are a bit of a mystery and, and you try to figure out, you know, exactly who they are. But is Straley one of those known commodities where, you know what, he's he's not going to be a star, but he's not going to drag it down. You know, he, he kind of is what he is. is. Is he one of those guys in the Reds' estimation? I think so. I, I think they know what they have in him, and, and you take the the fact that he's he's a pretty good guy in the clubhouse. He, he pulls his weight. He he knows, you know, just how to how to handle himself. He doesn't want to put any pressure on his teammates, and he, he just looks to do, you know, all the things that you want from a pitcher. He wants to throw strikes. He doesn't want to nibble. He wants to be as consistent as possible and not be a guy that brings down the pitching staff. So I I just think that's just kind of his makeup and. Uh, the fact that he he's just like he came in to be a long reliever and elevated to the rotation when they needed, and he hasn't left yet. And I think that's, that's you know he now he's a situation where he's a very cost-effective pitcher that can eat some innings and perhaps be here for a little while longer. I don't think he's trade bait just because I don't think you know based on the four months of work he has, he can you know go from being a waiver claim to, to being a, a highly coveted trade piece. But I think at the same time he's exactly what the Reds need right now. And he's not a veteran per se, but he's close enough to a veteran that he's one of those guys that adds a little uh, stability to that rotation with him and DiScofani and then Homer Bailey coming back soon. Uh, it, it, it could really help the rotation. It sure could. Uh, to have a guy who is as close to a known commodity as possible in Dan Straley can, uh, you know, ease some of the tension that comes with the course of a long, grueling baseball season, no question. Uh, Mark, to begin to wrap up here, it seems every uh, week we speculate about uh, when Homer Bailey is going to return, and it now appears, even though nothing is official yet, as of 5.13 Eastern time on this Friday, July 29th, but it seems Homer Bailey is going to pitch this weekend against the Padres. Uh, is, is that how it's looking for you? It is. Uh, he flew out after his uh, final sixth and final rehab start for Louisville. He was in San Francisco on Tuesday. And worked out with the team and started, you know, the whole thing that was waiting on Sunday was to say they wanted to see him get through his, his side work and make sure that all the regular soreness that accompanies, a, you know, pitching had, had gone away without any complications. And I, I'm pretty sure that they feel satisfied with that. Otherwise, they wouldn't have activated him for the table list on uh, Thursday. 
Uh, and even though they're officially still saying TBA, I have a feeling either today or tomorrow they're going to go ahead and say he's the guy for Sunday. And, um, you know, he's had, he's had five starts in the last calendar year because of injuries. So it's going to be, uh, yeah, it's going to be something that he's been waiting for. He's not very sentimental about it. I tried to talk to him the other day. A couple of us did, and he's really not talking about the, you know, what he's been thinking about or how long it's been and all those things. He just wants to pitch. I think he's kind of done being injured. It's been, you know, two arm surgeries and uh, since 2014. So I think he's he's just kind of done with that and just wants to get on the mound and resume his career. Can't blame the guy. You know, sick of talking about it. Just want to get out there and perform, and hopefully he'll be able to do that on Sunday against the Padres. Uh, Mark, one final thing to wrap up. Of course, uh, the big blockbuster news in baseball this past week, uh, the Cubs acquiring former Red, Aroldis Chapman, in that uh, big trade with the Yankees. And I know that this is still a ways off, but the Cubs visit the Reds uh, for the final three games of the Reds' regular season. Uh, the first game is on uh, September 30th, and you know, it's it's likely that for one of those three games, at least, uh, Chapman is going to take them out. Given what he meant to the Reds and given some of the off-field issues that, uh, you know, kind of marred the end of his tenure with the Reds before he was dealt to the Yankees, you know, what? let's look into our crystal ball here. What kind of a reception do you envision from the Reds fans when Chapman marches out to that mound for the first time uh, wearing another uniform? Well, I think he'll get a positive reception. I, I will say that just based on when the Cubs were in Cincinnati the two previous times, is that the fan base actually would be more blue than red. There's going to be a lot more Cubs fans than Reds fans. They seem to be buying up the tickets when the when they're in town. So I imagine the the Reds fans will cheer just because of, of appreciation for the six years that he gave. But the you know maybe the twenty thousand plus Cubs fans that happen to show up and make the trip from Chicago are definitely going to cheer just because their guy is going to close out a game. And obviously the Reds. We'll have to see how what what other teams had saw for so many years when they when he came in for them. It's, I remember I talked to one of the players and it's definitely not going to be as as uh, as it was as playing behind him. So they have that to look forward to. Yeah, that that's going to be a very interesting way to to end the season. And if all you know, it, it's not going to be the end of the Cubs season if things stay the way they are. It will be the end of the Red season, and we'll see uh, how entertaining that is when Chapman comes in the game. And he uh, gives the Reds a taste of some medicine they thought they would not have to taste because he was with them, like you said, for a half dozen years. Uh, Mark, good place to wrap that one up. We'll do it again next week. We'll see uh, how or if this team has changed once the August 1st trade deadline comes and goes. Mark Sheldon, our Reds reporter, joining us on this Friday. In the meantime, Matt Waymeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Cincinnati Reds. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.